Ladies and gentlemen, 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 gentlemen you are now, 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 now listening to two, 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 the P13 Podcast. Yeah. Welcome back to the P13 Podcast with your host, Michael. I'm sitting alongside two people today. I will first the introduce... The desk is a little fuller. It is. I am caught in between two wonderful people on the left and on the right of me. Very knowledgeable people, very trustworthy people, I should say, as well. We just had a conversation on trust. Uh, that's behind the scenes. Anyways, that's a whole nother conversation. But I am joined with two wonderful people alongside for this podcast today. First, let's start off with the other half of this show that you hear on a weekly basis, the informational Han Solo. Damn it, I didn't come up with a R&B artist today. Nope, nope. I was expecting a lot from <sighs> you in that, in that regard, but... Well, I guess there goes the trust. So Last week we did Michael McDonald. Michael McDonald. Um, does our guest have any R&B musicians who have deep, soulful voices? Are you putting me on the spot? Yes. Yeah, no, that's a no for me. Okay, never mind then. Anyways, it is... <laughs> yeah, we've. Yeah, I don't know. We're running out. We're running out. If you have any, send some on Instagram at project13gyms.com. We're looking for sulfur, Not soulful... Not Oh, Project 13 <laughs> Gyms. But we're looking for soulful R&B artists to add into this conversation. But anyways, you heard one of those voices today. It's the one and only Mr. Thomas Conway. Hello. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing well. How are we doing on these check-ins? We're doing great on the check-ins. <laughs> Let's become a check in thing. with our third, the third head of this three-headed monster that we have today. don't have to say your name just yet. I'll get to that momentarily, but how are you doing today? Doing great. Glad to be here. The pod is always fun. The pod is always fun. Especially fun when we have another person. And let us not be mistaken, this is your first time in the pod. It is. But second time on the podcast. Second time on the podcast. This is a better experience. Yeah. Second returning guest as well. Ooh, second. Well, I'm sorry, you're not number one on that list. It's okay. Who was number one again? Shannon. Dr. Shannon Dr. O'Grady. Shannon. Shout out Dr. Shannon Sub O'Grady. Dr. Shannon. We hope to have another podcast with you at some time. So whenever yeah. you are In between available. choking people out and just being a nutritional badass, give us a call. Or we'll call you, actually. We'll, we'll call you. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of choking out, how's jiu-jitsu going for you, Mr. Conway? It's good. Yeah. Choked out twice today. How'd it feel? Good. It's a good day when you only get choked out two times. Did you learn anything from your experience today? Don't get choked out. Valuable lesson. Valuable lesson. Mm-hmm. Was there any technology that you could have used to help you not get choked out? Perhaps a fitness wearable. Oh. Well, that there's leads no us one. Tonight. Yeah, I mean, there's not one that for that, but but maybe there will be. Yeah. We'll talk about maybe it. Maybe there will Sounds be. Like an opportunity. Ooh, ooh, getting spicy in here. Okay. A chocometer. The cho- <laughs> I, I think you might want to rethink that name on that one. <laughs> nah. <laughs> uh, it's kind of like the shower daddy. <laughs> Well, I've never heard of that. What's that? It's from a movie. Some people will get it. Not me. Shower not, daddy not or, sh- or shower buddy. <laughs> this is going down a different road. I know. <laughs> I heard of Thunder Buddies. I don't, okay. I, I don't, don't even know what, what that, that is. Was. That's from Ted. Oh. Where he's like, he gets really scared of thunder and lightning. So they sing got a song. It, got it. Okay. Anyways. Okay. Let's move on. So we <laughs> talked about, we just briefly touched on it. Technology. Technology is meant to assist, improve, and create opportunities in our lives. Think about the dawn of the internet, for example. 
That technological advancement allowed us to allowed us humans to share and receive information from anywhere in the world. Hell, this, that's why this podcast is one of those subset of things that comes from the birth of the internet. What I'm getting at is that technology provides us with the opportunity to be better. This is much so the case in fitness. At this current point in time, we are, I'd probably say we're probably the most advanced we've ever been when it comes to health with all the research, testing, and all the information to help us live healthy lifestyles. The thing is, it's only going to get better as long as technology keeps advancing us forward, which leads us into the topic of today. Today, we are talking about technology that many fitness goers, coaches, or daily movers use, and that is fitness wearable technology. One of the many advancements that we have seen in the health and wellness industry, you can track your steps, track your progress, track your sleep, get you to move or get you to get out of bed, for example, for just small examples. These wearable devices have come a long way uh, from just telling you the time. For this podcast, you've heard this person already in our intro, our wonderful joyful intros. Um, we've brought back that special guest. You've heard her in some of our pre- previous podcasts. She's part of the P13 family and is a professional badass. It's the one and only Chantal Morgan. Professional badass. Ooh. I like it. Mm-hmm. I actually haven't met a Chantal Morgan, so I think one and only still. Uh, one and ooh. only. Yeah. Rings true. It's definitely true. Fact Are you checked. any chance related to... Who's the soccer player? Pierce Morgan. Alex Morgan. Alex Morgan or Pierce Morgan. I mean, Alex Morgan is a professional badass. I would say Pierce Morgan too, probably. He's good at talking. Yeah. Maybe your long lost cousins. <laughs> That'd be kind of cool. Alex and I have the soccer thing. Uh, oh, yeah, so, okay. So yeah. maybe somewhere Shout down the out. line. Shout out to those soccer girls. Yeah. Yeah. But let's talk about let's let, let's get into the topic of today, which is wearable technology. What say to the both of you? What do you have? What are your experiences? Let's talk. Let's yeah. So, out. well, first, first thing that I thought we'd dive into is just a little bit of statistics and data. And I, I don't know if Chantal has more insights on this. Just in prep for this podcast, came across a little, little snippets of data. So 19, and I was actually surprised by this first figure, 19% of Americans are using fitness wearables. I was expecting that number to be higher. Yeah, same. But... What it also, what I also came across there was that I think it's dependent on demographic and income levels because fitness wearables are not necessarily the cheapest. Um, So in that, in in like specific, a more specific subset of of the population, I think it was adults that earn, I forgot the exact number, but adults that earn a certain amount of money, like 50% of adults that are in this higher income or higher earning category use fitness wearables. But then also one in three adults, regardless of income status, have at least tried a digital fitness product. Now that might be including more things that are not just wearables could be phone apps. And we can talk about some of those apps today too, if we want to, but yeah, so all that to say that like digital fitness and fitness and technology and this migration of the two is definitely on the rise and becoming more popular. Mm-hmm. Uh, also because two, their wearable sensor companies have acquired uh, $3 billion in venture, venture capital funding since 2013 and 25 wearable sensor compa- companies have been acquired for $1.1 billion since that time as well. So that shows that there's a lot of activity in the fitness wearables market. Ooh. Yeah. 
Going to you, Miss Morgan, where are your first experiences alongside either wearable technology or wearable devices or things along that line? First experiences, I think, I think was the like walking or steps app on your phone. Oh yeah. That was like Did that first. ever actually work? I don't think so. I mean, occasionally you would check in and be like, oh, I'm at like a thousand steps. Kind yeah. of sad. I should probably move a little bit. I think that was the first like real experience. And then my first wearable, I would say was Fitbit. Mm. And that was still just very simple, focused on steps. But it, I mean, it was right there on your wrist. It was easy to look down and be like, oh, yep, hold you accountable. Need to get that 10,000. Whoever came up with that number too. I wonder how that number came about. I believe it's correlated to a certain number of miles. Mm. Okay. I'm not exactly sure how many. Maybe it's like five or six. Okay. I don't know. decent. It's a good amount of steps. Yeah. So then to, for, this is for both of you. Where do you see a lot of these wearables be valuable to clientele, consumers, the average daily goer? Yeah. So I think the general idea with wearables is like data is, is powerful, right? And, and that's the whole premise of this industry is that they will provide more data to the users and to the consumers, which then empowers them to make more informed decisions about their health. So that's what this whole, this whole industry is based on that being successful. So it's kind of interesting to think about, and we'll maybe touch a little bit more on this at the end, but the data is only as good as you will adjust your habits to it. So going back to the steps example with Chantal and, and the Fitbit, if it said she was only at a thousand steps and she's like, well, whatever, then like, it's not a very useful tool, right? It's only useful if you pay attention to what it's telling you and then change your behavior based on what you see. Yeah. I think it, it definitely, the value in it is that it promotes awareness as well for yourself. Um, also holds you accountable. For example, if you're on a a day where you're used to training with someone and then you're not training with that, someone that day and you have to be by yourself, it kind of is that training partner sometimes. You know, some of these things tell you to get up and move um, and actually like notify you to start moving or do whatever you need to do to kind of get a bit more active during your day. So I think that's a big value to just even like incite people to move more. They annoyingly vibrate at the <laughs> yeah. most random times. Is what not all of them do. Not all of them. So do. if you're someone that you know does need that reminder, make sure you get one that does that. Like for example, my aura ring, it doesn't vibrate. That'd be oh. weird if it did right yeah. on right on my finger. <laughs> Catch me off guard. Kind of bites <laughs> you. Yeah, I'd be like, oh what my. is that? Or if you were like, you remember those joke like hand toys where you shake the hand of oh, somebody yeah. and it's a little like, buzzer, shock them. Yeah. yeah, they need to up it a little bit more. Give me a shock, not just a little vibration. So when looking at the different habitual changes, you have to have an item. What items have you both used in the past? For myself, I use, I used to use a Nike Fuel Band, and it was like this thing that just goes on your wrist. And it had this cool little screen. And it kind of just got me on bells and whistles. and But I got it for free. So I'm not really... <laughs> I didn't have anything is always good. too invested into it. For you two, what have you seen out there in the fitness world when it comes to some of these trackers? Yeah, so I think there's the very basic. And again, like the, the origins of fitness wearables was the step trackers, mm -hmm. right? So there's those still are around. And they're still, I think, very popular. I think Fitbit still does pretty good. So. And they've tried to 
they've tried to advance their product, of course, to remain competitive. So I think there's more of the Fitbits that will also start to do things like track your heart rate. I'm trying to think of the one that I had. They have all these, I think I, was there a Blaze, Fitbit Blaze for a while? There was. Yeah, I think I had that one for a while um, that did heart rate. It was like that little like square or rectangular pod. Yeah. Okay? Like you put yeah. in a rubber, yeah. Oh, yeah. rubber band. Would, yeah. That thing was weird. It's like a pill. It's like a little pill. Charging that thing. Anyway. Yeah. That's it was not story. easy to charge because you got to pop it out of the thing. I'd lose it. And then charge. Yeah. Um, Maybe you drop it in the toilet for yep. whatever reason. I mean, <laughs> you you in the toilets. It's just <laughs> a lot going on there. <laughs> so yeah, there's still the step trackers. Then there's an assortment of watches. I think the most popular one is probably the the Apple Watch. We see that a lot in the gym. We do. Uh, pretty much every time we start hip flow, people always pull up their wrist and do a little, I don't even know what it is. Press the button. Like click it. Like just tap the screen. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> tap the screen and then they just go and then they start with hip flow. So yeah, so there's still the watches. There's various sleep trackers, which will, I have a lot of data on one of those. And then some more interesting and specific ones that we thought of to include on this list. Uh, CGMs are very new, very new. And that stands for constant glucose monitor. If you've ever seen someone with a, there's a few people in the gym that have them. That It's like a thing that goes into your tricep and it's a needle. It's a small needle that constantly is measuring their blood glucose. Oh, wow. Yeah, I've tried one. Oh, what was your experience with that? It was the, the application of it was interesting. It was a little, I mean, you're like, you know, trying to find the right angle, making yeah. sure you don't, I mean, it doesn't hurt. Really. Yeah. It's just a little pinch. Pit. Yeah. Um, but yeah. And then you usually have like a cover over it. Yep. Some sort of brand or just like a, you know, a sleeve or yeah. something like that. So. so yeah, we'll dive more into those. And then the last one that I included is very specific to like working out in fitness. And that's like the chest straps talking about it now. That might have been on the market before like pedometers yeah. and like yep. steps like polar. So yeah, polar has been a big that's brand right. there. And um and so my understanding of that is that's gonna be the most accurate reading for heart rate during yeah. during training. And just you see because some, of the location on the body. Some people or some gyms still use that. So I know I've seen mm -hmm. it in Orange Theory. Orange Theory. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I mean those things have been used for Countless things. Research. We use those a lot in research. I remember that. Yep. Make sure you wash those. Skip. Yeah, <laughs> gnarly. Yeah, they can. <laughs> and they can. How Even do you, your watches, you got to wash the bands. That's true. People, or else you get. Yeah, they get sweat buildup. Yeah. yeah. Oh my yeah. gosh. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so these wearables, they track various things, right? And we'll touch more on at the end, like depending on what each wearable tracks and how good it is at tracking that thing is basically what you should use to determine which one might be the best for you. But yeah, they track everything from steps to resting heart rate to some do HRV. HRV basically for those that don't know, it stands for heart rate variability. And it's basically the beat to beat time interval or the time interval between beats of your heart. And you want that to be highly variable. That's the sign of a very healthy and re well recovered nervous system. And if that is low, then that's a sign that you are not recovered. So that's basically what that means. And then there's like, some of them have made their own kind of 
metrics and that would be the best example is and we'll touch more on this in detail and our experiences with it the whoop band is one that they've created their own like a composite score so like strain is one and that's that's a, a compilation of a few individual biomarkers that spits out this number for you that equates to it's on a scale it's like zero to 21 mm-hmm. right yeah. which is kind of I don't know. It's an arbitrary number. It seems like a very arbitrary but, number. But uh, but yeah. So so they have given you that, and then also like a recovery score as well, which is also based off of like how you slept, your HRV, and like a few other things that they compile into one score. Mm. Herman has one called Body Battery. That's their Ooh. variation of it. Is that new? Um, I'm not sure when they came out with it. It's on. I think it's on most, if not all, of their products. I can't exactly but oh i see okay yeah um so it takes factors in similar to whoop it's using those different feedback to calculate a score yeah yeah um did they come out with that to compete with whoop do you think great question i don't Ooh. know mm. we need a garmin insider <laughs> anybody in the gym or in the internets interwebs in the webs in the, in the webs, webs <laughs> let us know if you have any insight on that. But transitioning a little bit from there, so we talked about some of these wearable items. We talked about what you can track. Now, the three of us have used them in the past. I believe you two have a little more variety than I have on this. So let's continue that part of the conversation. I'll start with you, Chantal. Let's talk about your experiences with some of these products, talking about like what you notice. Maybe there's habitual changes that you notice based on some of the metrics that they track. What what has been your experience with these wearable products? I think for me overall, it's a positive experience. Um, I think the things that I really pay attention to are sleep. I used to not sleep that much, maybe mm. like five hours a night. Whoa. And then when I started really paying attention, because um, it gives you kind of an optimal range that you need to sleep usually, some of them do. And so when you see like how far away you are from that goal, it's kind of like, oh, I didn't, mm-hmm. I'm, not, I'm not achieving that. Not even close. <laughs> Third cup of coffee. Yeah. Not <laughs> it did. Honestly, I started adjusting when I drink coffee. Yeah. The oh, latest yeah. I drink coffee so I can get to bed at a certain time. Yeah. So now I'm like, if I don't hit my eight hours, I'm like, I'm a, I'm a failure. <laughs> you know? No, I don't go that far. Sometimes. <laughs> so sleep's a big one for me. I think resting heart rate, which you could argue the way that a watch sits on your wrist or, you know, some of these trackers might be better than others in terms of actually tracking that well. Um, so maybe don't get too hung up on, you know, if your resting heart rate spikes one night and you mm-hmm. feel like you're not fit anymore and just went away overnight, it's probably not the case. Mm-hmm. And then I think just like overall activity level, there will definitely be days where I don't really want to move or work out and just even going for a walk like having that number kind of increase in terms of your steps or just seeing yourself tracking an activity, um, I think is helpful in terms of kind of what I was talking about before and accountability and awareness um, of your body. So I think there's a lot of, a lot of perks. One wearable, which you mentioned a little bit earlier is the glucose tracker. Mm. And this one, cause I've never had experience with it. I don't know if you have Thomas. I've not. No. No. Tell us about that experience for those who are looking into something like that. Maybe they have, maybe they're working through some sugar issues Mm -hmm. or things like that. It was interesting because I think working out in the gym, a lot of the time you eat a lot of carbs to fuel your body and fuel your workout. And obviously with that, (laughs) (laughs) 
approved by Dr. Shannon. Oatmeal, yeah. but sure, cookies too. <laughs> Big cookies. It's okay, gluten-free cookies. Gluten-free. Yeah, gluten-free cookies. <laughs> um, <laughs> So that was interesting just to see like how my body would react. Like I would eat oatmeal before a lift, you know, before going to the gym and it would spike and it would kind of track to see like how your body's responding to it over a certain period of time. It was just like totally different data. Um, and I think some of them, some of the companies out there that are working on it are really evolving too to supplement it with articles about why f- certain foods are spiking for you and certain foods aren't or like certain timing windows or how to fuel your performance or just like helping you decipher the data, which I think is helpful. Um, obviously you only get as much out of it as you put into it. So if you're not reading any of those articles then like maybe <laughs> you will still have no idea what this data means. But yeah. It was an interesting experience. It kind of, sometimes I felt bad about myself cause like I would eat a bunch of cookies and things would spike and I'd be like, Oh, well my body's, didn't like that, <laughs> but I like cookies. <laughs> Did it force any habitual changes? I know other than just cookies, like maybe you changed up how you plan out your carbs or you're eating closer to maybe you're going for your big bike rides or anything like mm-hmm. that. Yeah. I think it helped with like certain windows um, of when to eat things like not maybe having for me like a super big carb heavy meal at night mm-hmm. um, kind of reacted a bit weird for me when I tracked it. Um And then if I was eating the same amount of carbs in terms of like, let's just say 50 carbs in a meal, for example, different types of carbs would have different reactions. Maybe if I'm going to go train, I'm going to eat this one. If I'm going to kind of like cruise through my day, I want something that I react better to because I need to be more like alert at work or something like that. Mm -hmm. Uh, It was was definitely interesting to get that feedback because I've never really had that experience with food. So when you had carbs at night, did your glucose spike more? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. And maybe it's just me. Maybe. Right. I don't know. I feel like there's so many factors too. Like maybe the amount of sleep I got the night before. Interesting. Influence, you know, there's so many different things um, that could impact it. So, but it's very specific to you data. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what I've, I've talked with a few people that uh, have played around with the levels, a CGM, the constant glucose monitor. And one person told me, for example, that they noticed one that when they would eat carbs without a protein or a fat that they'd see a bigger spike mm. which that makes sense but then they also told me that once they had like they like ate just broccoli and it like went nuts really oh. yeah and he, so he's like well i'm not going to not eat broccoli cuz <laughs> like that's obviously something that's pretty good for me yeah. so i think as is the case with probably all these wearables take the data with a grain of salt and understand the context. And mm-hmm. in your case, like how much you train and stuff like that. Like, so, you know, having a small spike is not, not going to really negatively impact you that much. Mm-hmm. Well, to you, Mr. Conway, since you, you touched on sleep and you've been using this item I've ever since I've known you, actually. So you gotta zoom in on that. Uh, I, it's, <laughs> it's too far. <laughs> we're we're too far from the screen to. I'm to wearing do a ring. Cool thing like One that. ring to rule them all. One ring to rule them all. You I, you've worn this ever since pretty much I've known you, which I mean is I don't know how many years now. Two, three. Going on three. It's going on three since, since you and I started. Yeah. Started, so sweet. Started dating. So. Mm. Y- you have a lot of data on this, and I know sleep has been one of the uh, the big things that does interest you. 
What have you noticed with the product? I'll let you introduce it, but what are some of the experiences you've had with the product that you currently use and you have been using for a while? It has to be, there has to be something that's drawing you back all these years as well. Yeah. So I'm the product I'm using is the aura ring that's spelled O U R a, I believe it's finish. Yes, it is. Yeah. 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 Um, should P 13 going to Finland. Shout out Finland. What's up Finland. (laughs) And also what's up aura, you know, hook us up with some more rings. So I guess a little pre context. I, before getting the aura ring was using a whoop band and I was at that time still equal, equally like interested in sleep as I am now. The whoop band, what I noticed with that, and Chantal can share her experience with it as well, but it tracks sleep, but it always, a few things that really popped out to me. It always said that my sleep efficiency was really high, especially like even on nights that that definitely wasn't the case. You know, I mean, you have a bad night of sleep, you know, if you're like up from two to four but it would still say sleep efficiency 98%. I'd be like, how is that possible? <laughs> I was I was awake for two hours straight. Um, and then it would always report my latency, which is the amount of time it takes you to fall asleep. It would always report it as like zero, one or two minutes. And I know that that is not the wow. case. And especially now after having my, my aura ring, and I see that my latency more often than not is you know close to 10 minutes, which seems more reasonable for me. So that's like, you know, and I used the whoop band for, it was probably a good six months. Um, but then there were some other things like, yes, I am very interested in sleep, but I, I was also interested in the HRV stuff and, you know, the, the daily strain and, uh, and kind of like the whole picture. And it did seem like whoop was the one that got the closest to being good at all the stuff. Um, and I come to find out that they even they themselves have gaps missing in their product now i should note that this was i believe when whoop was in the 2.0 phase so i know that they've made a lot of updates since then so that also plays a part as well but the other inaccuracy that i noticed was my calorie total on the whoop band it would normally say that i burned like six thousand calories a day oh man yeah (laughs) That sounds fabulous. Yeah, I'm not Captain America. <laughs> you know what I mean? Sweet Jesus. And I think partially because the equation that they use, you know, there's tons of calorie calculating equations that are used in exercise science. And the one that they use, maybe it like significantly inflated certain things or prioritized certain things like maybe height because I'm a little taller. And I do know a guy that's 6'8 that was using it, and his calorie total was 8,000 calories a day. Oh, my God. And he even told he told me that, and he's like, there's no fucking way that's true. So those are just like my little experiences with Whoop. So transitioned onto the Aura Ring and immediately noticed that it seemed that the sleep was very, like, much more accurate. Again, the it reported the latency accurately. And then I just think that, so my understanding of the technology is that it being tracked from the finger and the type of sensors that they have in the ring leads to generally a more accurate reading in terms of heart rate versus like measuring from the wrist. I don't know if like how we would validate that exactly, but yeah, again, it does seem to be more accurate 
from from that perspective. One thing I noticed from I don't know if this relates to the accuracy point, but when you gotten sick in the past and we've oh. looked at your scores. Yeah. And you could almost tell even leading up to that date when you were getting sick. Man, I slept terrible. Some last of night the also. <laughs> Shit. (laughs) I feel pretty good. (laughs) But some of those scores that were leading up to maybe the moment that you got sick, we noticed we were looking at that. We were just interested one day and we looked like, oh, okay, it was starting to go down here. Yeah. And then at the the, um, acute point at which you got sick, it was at its worst. It like dropped. Yeah. Drastically. Like it's crazy. Yeah. So that is one thing I will say with the aura ring that has been fascinating is the last few times that I've gotten sick the accuracy with which it like shows that happening in my body is pretty mind blowing. One of the things that the aura ring has that not a lot of other fitness wearables have is temperature sensors. So they have seven temperature sensors in the ring. So it tracks your, your temperature changes. So it would, it would show that I had a fever and that's also pretty interesting for females tracking their, their monthly cycle because their body temperature changes. So I've compared my data to, there's someone in the gym that has one. Uh, what's up, Liz? And uh, Liz. and we've looked at our temperature data and it's pretty interesting to see because mine never changes and hers has like big big uh, increases every month. So interesting. Um, that could be interesting too for someone that's maybe trying to conceive, right? Like, so there's there's a ton of different uses for these these products that we haven't even fully tapped into yet. But Again, ultimately, yeah, I've liked my experience with the the aura ring and and for me as a consumer, I really do care the most about sleep and also my overall like recovery status, so like the health of my nervous system. Ooh, interesting. And that's again where that HRV comes to play, which the aura ring has. Before I ask your experiences on this, Chantal, just really quick uh, question back to you, Mr. Conway. Let's go. Habitual changes. Did you find yourself making any changes based on the score of your previous week or previous day. Yeah, I do think that when I see the data, I will, well, I I would say that I was better about it many moons ago, but now I have a child. And so (laughs) when he goes to bed, I'm like, babe, let's stay up and just like chill, you know? Um, so yeah, I, I do think I was better when I initially got the whoop and the aura ring. Like it would give me these reminders of like, this is the time frame you should go to bed. And I would try to do it. But just as most things, you lean into it heavily sometimes and sometimes you don't. It just kind of is like whatever you are feeling. But it has been very, very insightful. And I do think it has like made me make a little bit more informed decisions at times for sure. Right on. Um, okay, so to you now with your experiences on the Aura Ring, Miss Morgan, how was your time with that item? So I haven't tried the Aura Ring. I've tried the Whoop. Whoop. Oh, the Whoop. My That's bad. Whoop, Whoop. That's what it was. Tried that. I'm just a terrible listener. I'm in the middle. The Whoop was interesting. I really, really wanted to love it. Mm, um, yeah, I was the same way. Yeah, yeah, I was like so pumped when I got it. And I think for me, the issue I had was that I was told, which I've never been told in my life, that I have small wrists. Mm. And oh. so I needed to wear it higher up on my arm. I don't think your wrists are very small. I don't. I mean, they're not rude. big. Rude. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not saying they're big. I would say they are adequately proportioned. I feel like they're average wrists, 
right? Yeah. 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 You're, you got I, great wrists. I don't have small no. wrists. I mean, you did okay. break your hand though, right? I did. And my <laughs> finger. That's another story. Thank you, Jack Morgan. <laughs> She's just been pieced together. Uh, Plates, screws, and, screws and pins yeah. everywhere. <laughs> Stitches. I don't know. Chewing gum and chicken wire. That's yeah, all that's going there together. <laughs> Elmer's glue. <laughs> um, and I really, I really wanted to love it. They have really cool colors. Like yeah. it looks good. It's a good looking product. But the issue with me was that I just didn't want to wear it on my forearm because it's just like not ideal. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was my issue. I wanted, I mean, and that's part of it, right? If you're going to buy like a, a wristwatch or, you know, so, you know, one of the wearables like that, you do want it to look good. Yeah. Cause you got to stare yeah. at it every day. Yeah. So just having it on my upper forearm was not going to do it for me. I think the other thing that I didn't expect with whoop is that it doesn't have a face. And so you can't tell yeah. the time off of it. Yeah. I think oh. for me, that was a little stressful because yeah. I was like, do I have to wear a watch? And you got so many things on your wrists. Yeah. And it's... I think just like, you know, the downside of the wearable watches sometimes is like all the alerts you get, you can turn them off, but it's nice to have them in the case where you like can't look at your phone. Mm-hmm. So you can tell the time you get alerts, but with whoop, you can't tell the time because there's no face. So that was a little tough. Use the sun. <laughs> right? Yeah. Maybe come so one with nature. So what was your experience with the data? So Did you, similar to yeah. yours with like sleep, it said it was like in the 90% or above most yeah. of the time, um, which I thought was interesting because I think sometimes if it's like time in bed, maybe meets the goal, but you're not necessarily sleeping. Yeah. And I think type of sleep, it has different types of sleep, mm-hmm. um, like REM or deep sleep or light sleep or whatever it is. Um, so I think... I think it was tough because I wasn't really getting good data where it was on my wrist. So I was like, eh. But when I first got it, I remember I was so motivated to like sleep well and train hard just to get good scores. And then I was like, oh, well, I can't believe this data right now. So. <laughs> <laughs> I slept two hours. But, yeah. 98. <laughs> All right. Good to but, go. Max no, I really like the company. I mean, they just released the like wearable ones where you can put it in like your sports yeah, bra. And yeah. So that, yeah. And I, I do know a fair amount of people at the gym now that have whoops yeah. and they seem to like them. Yeah. So I would definitely say if that's a product that you're interested in, give it a try. Cause yeah, like they do have the sports bra now that you can get and you can put it in there. They have the bicep band. I believe they yeah. have the men's underwear as well. So oh, I haven't heard that one. They're definitely, <laughs> yeah. Um, you put it in a very interesting spot too. Be careful no, of the kidding. toilet. It's on Michael. your hip. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> your thing will just fall right in there. So th- yeah, they're definitely improving their product and I think they've come a long way. But then I think I think it's important for people to understand a few things when looking for fitness wearables. One, there is not, at least at this point, I don't believe that there is one that is completely comprehensive. So when, when people are shopping for a wearable, take some time to think about what matters most to you, right? And now they're getting very specific. Again, the, the CGM is an example of getting very, very specific. So if you're pre-diabetic, that could be something worthwhile investing in and, and seeing if it provides you with some some data. Because as Chantal mentioned with that, it is a very individual thing, right? She may respond terribly to sweet potatoes and someone else might be totally fine. So think about what biomarkers you're really wanting to track. And again, that's like with me wanting to track the sleep and things related to my nervous system. I don't care about steps. I don't need to care about steps. 
because of what we do. We're constantly moving around. So that's absolutely useless information for me. The one thing I will say about the whoop that was interesting is they have their strain score and that did provide insight as to how demanding coaching is because my strain would be the highest during coaching classes. It is a, it is energy intensive. Yeah. Like all you members out there, yeah. you stress us out. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. No. We have fun. We have a lot of fun, which is why we're so amped up in class, which is why it caused a lot of strain. It's very fun. By the end of three classes, you can feel that you've spent a lot of energy. So that was like useful. And that is also not necessarily something that I could see at least yet on the aura ring, but the aura ring is coming out with some updates to have more accurate, like heart rate uh, monitoring during the day. So think about what is important to you and let that make the decision for you. Final quick thought. Keep, let's keep this one short. Let's last thought here. What would you like to see in a future product that you think would be encompassing for fitness goers or movement people? Oh, man. That's a big question. That is big a question. big question. I would love, this is like a, a dream, maybe. I don't know if this will happen. But dream big. So, for example, if I, I know I'm going to go for a really long bike ride tomorrow, mm. I want to be able to like, put something in, like put my data in of what my plan is, what my route is, elevation, everything. How should I be fueling up in the day before, the morning of, during it, after, to achieve like peak performance? Excellent thought. Yours. Boom. That's tough to follow. (laughs) That's really tough to follow. She set the bar pretty high. (laughs) It's a really good answer. I got big dreams. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I think for me, I would... Just like, I think more accuracy. So I would love to, again, I've, I've been really interested in understanding the health of the nervous system. And so, you know, HRV is a measure, measure of that. I don't know what other biomarkers could measure that. Maybe there's like a CGM style thing that measures hormones, Ooh. Like cortisol, Yeah, you know, is your cortisol chronically elevated that'd be like huge i think that'd be very huge i think there's a lot of people that would find out that there's is all the time a lot of cortisol (laughs) yeah so something like that i think would be pretty cool but yeah i do think the last final thought i'll say i do think it's important with all these fitness wearables to make sure and chantal and i were talking about this before the podcast that it can actually work against you right so it is a nice accountability tool, but it can also, if you're someone that's maybe a little neurotic about certain things, it's just like counting calories or macros, right? That can be a problematic behavior if taken too far. So that's important to remember that don't hyper-focus on these things, but just use them as objective data. And then also try to correlate the data that you're seeing with how you actually feel. Because ultimately the goal is to get more in tune with how your body feels, not be told by a artificial intelligence being that you're not okay to train. Yeah. Boom. Mic drop. And with that, I had a thought and, uh, say it, <laughs> go for it. Oh yeah. If your watch dies, still work out. There we go. Yeah. yeah. Boom. Boom. You get in the gym. You're like, Oh, my watch is dead. You guys. Yeah. It, it still, still counts. counts. <laughs> yeah. And with that, 
avoid Avoid the the bullshit. bullshit. Thank you again for listening to the P13 podcast. We hope you enjoyed. Make sure you subscribe and leave us a five-star rating. This podcast was produced by Project 13 Gyms and a special thanks to Studio Pod Media for providing the studio space and additional production. Absolutely. You can find us on social media on Instagram at Project 13 Gyms. You can find myself at Kemifan, that is K-E-M-I-F-A-N. How about you, Thomas? Where can they find you on your social media? You can find me at Conway Bunga. That's C-O-N-W-A-Y-B-U-N-G-A. You can also check us out at project13gyms.com. And if you're in the SF area, come train with us at Project 13 Gyms in Lower Knob Hill.